This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Rudo, Megan, AJ, Jesse, all back with you because I'm still battling this cold, but we'll do our best today. Everyone else will have to carry me a little bit. Uh, lots of Avs news and lots of other team news as well, but we'll primarily be focusing on what the Avs are doing today, um, what they've done really, not what they're doing. Uh, the biggest news over the weekend, of course, was the Avs getting the deal done with Alexander Georgiev. Um, the $3.4 million over three years, which buys them two UFA years of the goaltender. So there is that. But AJ, I know you've talked a little bit about it being a little bit overpriced. Obviously, there isn't a great track record from Georgiev historically by his numbers. Where are we all sitting with this? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, uh, I'm literally, like, taking shots on Twitter right now from random dudes uh, who think I'm a couch GM or whatever. And, uh, I like, I, again, like, I understand this is just nitpicking it here, but um, really, I, I just think that it's just a couple hundred thousand higher than I would have gone there. And when you look at, when you pull up all the list of comparable contracts, guys of similar age, guys, guys going into similar situations, uh, it's the, the, the one, like the contract actually fits in perfectly. The one big difference is, is that Georgiev is the only guy coming out of that list that had a sub 900 save percentage the year before. And had gotten and had been like on a decline. All those other guys had been steadily on the rise or were coming off of singular great seasons. So uh, that's, I think, and I just, it's weird to me that all of a sudden at, at goaltender, no less, that performance would not matter in that, in that contract. So uh, it's a very, like we had talked last week, I always joke that the easiest contract to give is the backup gone starter three by three, like in that neighborhood, uh, something, something in there. And that's exactly what the abs did. Uh, three years at 3.4 million. I, for me, it's $400,000 too much, but if you're quibbling over $400,000, you're right in the neighborhood anyway. Right. Like you're, and, and let's be real. If, if Georgiev plays to the caliber that, the Avalanche clearly believe him capable of three or three point four doesn't matter. It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. Yeah, I, I was going to say because I, I saw you, like you said, getting into it with a couple people yesterday, today on Twitter, and and I'll be honest, I my my kind of knee jerk was the same. I was like, oh come on, AJ, it's four hundred k. But like, you know, the, the point you made of like it does add up, and suddenly if you end up with three or four of these deals that are just a little bit of an overpay, you know, it adds up, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the ending of what the, the way you ended that statement right there is is everything, right? Right now, today it's July 11th. They signed that deal what two days ago now, so the ninth. So in July, you sit there and you go, uh, maybe a little bit more than you see a guy in this position typically get, um, but. As you said yesterday on Twitter, you may have even said it here off the top. Sorry, I'm getting a couple texts in and out that time of year. Um, you know, if Alexander Georgiev comes in and they obviously see something in him, you have to put some faith 
in what this pro scouting department has done, what George, Joe Sackick and now Chris McFarland, which we're going to get into, um, has done over the last few years where they've identified guys that they say, hey, we think this guy fits a certain style. We like what he does. He can come in and help. Uh, you know, they did it with Philip Grubauer, and I think most people would say that was a overall success, right? Um, they, they did it with Pavel Francouz. They just did it with Darcy Kemper. They turned him into a Stanley Cup winning goaltender. You say that we trust our our system and our coaches, UC Parkula, is going to get this guy where we want him to be. And suddenly next July, you're looking at this going, holy smokes, they're only paying this guy 3.4 for two more years. And I think that's kind of where you put that faith. And, and this also goes back a little bit to something I talked about. We all talked about uh, during the, during the cup final, you know, when in, in that game four, when Darcy Kemper struck, or excuse me, game three, when Darcy Kemper struggled a little bit and there were some people out there who were saying, Oh, do you maybe start looking at Francois with how well he played in the conference final? No, you have to say, this is our guy. We are going with this goaltender. And to me, this money is, as much as it is a, obviously a commitment to Georgiev, it's them saying, hey, we trust you fully. We think you are the guy to come in here and be a number one. We're not doing this wishy-washy, you barely make more than our backup, you should be looking over your shoulder. It's a gamble. Contracts almost always are. Um, you know, th there's some team is going to make some huge gamble with Nazem Kadri, and there's going to be Avs fans mad th that the Avs didn't do that. Every contract is a gamble. To me, at 3.4, I really like this this bet. Time will tell. I think it's a reflection, too, of the current market for goaltenders. There's a little bit of inflation to account for, yep. and we'll probably see this picture become much clearer when Darcy Kemper becomes a cap or an oiler in the near future. I think that Darcy Kemper is going to get paid, and we're going to see that number, and it's going to make sense why this was the best possible solution for the avalanche. Well, and, and, and going back to what we talked about, sorry, AJ, to, you know, a little bit last year where it's like, you don't want to end up in a bad situation, Megan. I think that's a great point. You know, Alexander, you you have someone here, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe after this year could have gone UFA had he just done a one year, right? Theoretically. So one year of RFA left. Yeah. He, so after this year. Correct. He was RFA coming into this year. And then if he had took, taken a one year deal, he would have been a UFA. Yeah. Okay. All right. Perfect. Thank you. Um, so, you know, I, maybe his camp, and, and obviously this is something that maybe we won't know, but maybe they said, well, look, you know, the goaltending market's pretty tight. If you're the Avs, did you really, you know, maybe they said we'll take uh, less money on a one-year deal, but then would the Avs end up in the same situation next year? If Georgiev goes out and has a great season, you put him on a one-year deal, and now you're facing down either UFA or give this dude five and a half. Um, you bought yourself a little bit of insurance over the next couple of years. Yeah, and it also it also gives them time because there is still the use to Sonnen and is he going to be part of this? Um, because that and that gives them that gives him no it gives them no pressure to develop over the next couple of years. Hey, we've got our one and our two for the next two seasons for sure. We've got these two guys picked out. Yep. Um, and the three point four, like it's not high enough that if this goes sideways, it it will it will be really difficult to dump it. Um, if if it just doesn't go well, right? So it's a, really from all angles, like it's 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 fine. It's a roll of the dice. Like the biggest roll of the dice involved here is Georgiev himself, not how much they're paying him or any of this. It's are they right about this guy? And because if they're not, they burn a Stanley cup caliber roster. They burn a year of this roster being wrong about this guy and then they'll figure it out from there. But that's like, that's the big thing. Well, like that's for me, that's the biggest question is Georgi of himself. Yeah. But like what Megan said, and I'm sure you guys talked about this when he signed, you bring him in and a couple hours later, you see flurry resigns in Minnesota Obviously, they made their decision with Kemper. He was going to be too expensive for the Avs. It is what it is. Who so signed already? He he ended up getting his extension too. Uh, that's that's it. That's the goalie market. It's yeah. done. Well, well I was like, going to say like, like the Vanacek trade too. Like yeah, kind of like takes I think New Jersey out of it. Where you're just like okay, 
But yeah, the rest of this, there's still like six, seven teams that have decisions to make. And Darcy Kemper is about, he's going to be top 10 salary. And wherever that thing ends, he might push top five. Well, and, and, and yeah, you know, it sounds like Kemper's probably going to end up in Washington, which I actually think is a great fit for him. Um, but I mean, to your point, Rudo, you got the Oilers and the, and the Maple Leafs fighting over Jack Campbell. Look, I think Jack Campbell has been a great story. Um, it's screamed uh, one year wonder for sure. Oh, dude. I was, thank you. I was trying to think of the most polite way to put this. Cause I, I was a big Jack Campbell fan going back to the WJC's really thought he was going to be the next big thing. So like, it's been great to see him find some success, but the back half of that year last year was concerning. If you're someone looking to bring in Jack Campbell and a team that struggles as much defensively as the Oilers do, um, that to me doesn't look like a great fit. And then Toronto, you know, AJ, you just mentioned burning a year of a Stanley cup roster. Looking to bring in Matt Murray. That's going to be their fix in net. And you just look out there and, and a couple hundred thousand dollar overpay on, on Alex Georgiev, I think is going to be the least questionable decision teams will make on goaltenders this week. I will, I will say though, um, like we, we trust the abs know what they're doing. Um, but I, I, I mentioned this a couple days ago, but if Edmonton had done this exact same thing, they made this trade and then gave him this contract, we'd be crushing it. Yeah, because Ken Holland doesn't have a reputation of making the right move. Yeah, right. I was I was gonna say, and the other thing, AJ, I don't know if you said it on the pod or if we were all just kind of talking about it, uh, you know, uh, before we started the show or whatever. Whether you like it or not, the Avs won a cup and they get a year or two here of cool. We get to take some swings and try some stuff out and see what works. You you win a year or two of goodwill. To your point, if the Oilers did it, it's like cool. You've you've pissed away the first six seven years of Connor McDavid's career, and now you're going to take a gamble. Yeah, the Avs have disposable income; they can go to the casino. The Oilers just got their 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 check on Monday. They have eighteen dollars worth of bills. They got a check for nineteen dollars. If they head to the casino, it's like woof. You know what I mean? It's, they're they're trying to they're trying to double their money at the casino. Right, right, right. And well, and it's not like the Avs are uh, we're all in on Georgiev, right? They have Francois, which they know is a capable mm-hmm. high end backup at worst. They have Ann and then down the line a couple years from now. They have enough capital where if they wanted to go and trade for a goaltender, they probably could if it came to that. We'll get there if we need to get there. It's not Mm -hmm. important to talk about now. Jesse, you already mentioned it. I just want to get it confirmed from Megan and AJ here. Are you guys both fully in on pure starter for Georgiev? I feel like that was probably something that needed to be agreed upon for him to come here too. I think he needs to have confidence that he's the starter. Okay, so plenty of minutes available for him to uh, for him to figure it out, if you want to put it that way here. Um, mm-hmm. it, it will be interesting when he arrives. We said the same thing about Darcy. We said the same thing about Grubauer. Give a guy 20 games with a new team for him to get settled in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, those first part of the season, nobody knows what it's going to look like yet. Yeah, well, especially with as hungover as all these assholes are going to be, they're going to punt on October entirely. He's not going to have a defense in front of me because they're all going to be drying out. (laughs) Okay. We are brought to you, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook. You can go over there. You can sign up for an account today with code DNVR. Get on it while you can. They have amazing odds boosts for users every single day. But right now, when you do sign up with that DNVR code, you can uh, get up to $1,000 in a risk-free bet. Uh, that's right. All you have to do is make your first bet up to $1,000. And if it doesn't win, you get it back to bet it again. So, you know, if you only want to put it at $100, you get $100 of a risk-free bet. Your first bet is risk-free, basically. They're literally giving you a chance to win a bunch of free money 
And then if it doesn't work out, you can go try it again. So you can throw down on all sorts of action. All the summer sports are in full swing. They even have uh, ultimate Frisbee leagues you can bet on, which is which is wild. I saw there was a ultimate Frisbee league going on by my house recently. So you'll have to go uh, go get in some uh, some action on that. You can download can I, sport. Can I admit, I don't know what that is. It's uh, It's like Air Raid, but with a Frisbee. I don't know what that is. It's like football, but you can't run. You can't move your feet. When wait, you wait, wait. Are you saying you don't know what Ultimate Frisbee is? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, right? What? Frisbee. Even if you've never played, how are you, 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 of all four of us on here, you seem like the person that would be into Ultimate Frisbee. Frisbee. Looking around. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's just, yeah. It's a, it's a very niche, niche sport. You seem like you'd be into it. It's, it's just football, but replace the ball with a frisbee. And when you have the frisbee, you can't move. Yeah, you can't run. That sounds awesome. It's great. It, I, it's like great. I watch, I watch dudes play frisbee golf on uh, TikTok. Those guys frisbee are nuts. Frisbee golf is trash. Frisbee is fun. Yeah, I'm. Look, I'm in my new studio. I haven't set it up yet because I've been sick. But I got the green screen back there. We're figuring it out. All right, we're gonna get the new studio set up. Uh, by the way, the abs are getting a locker room remodel. Finally. Yeah. yeah, we knew that was coming. I knew that was I don't know how I knew that was coming, but I guess I just assumed if I knew it that other people did. But yeah, cool. Hey, look, maybe now people can stop whining about it. DraftKings money. So must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Uh, okay. That's a lot of different numbers. Oh, that's like all of the numbers they they changed that anyway if you're here in colorado call 1-800-522-4700 wow (laughs) i'm glad that happened to you and not me i would have if you need help and you're in any of these eight different states here's the specific information for you yeah uh okay we're also brought to you by athletic greens I've been slacking. Really wish I hadn't have been slacking because maybe I wouldn't be still sick 10 days later. So go get yourself some athletic greens. Help your immune system not be like mine and terrible. Highly recommend. You go check it out. Uh, it's just one scoop in your glass of water every morning. Super easy, super fast to do. A lot of people love it, including Jesse Montano, who like fiends that stuff away from everyone else at TNVR. Well, uh, look how quickly he's recovered from his illness compared true. to you. That's true. I was Which say... one of you has been shotgunning athletic greens, huh? <laughs> I was like, this whole pod is an ad for athletic greens right now. Just that easy. It'll help your immune system. It's got a bunch of probiotics and vitamins and all sorts of other stuff in there that's super good for you. So highly recommend. They're also giving you a year's supply of vitamin D when you order and five travel packs so even when you have to roll out to Arizona for the draft like I did, you could take it with you. Excuse me. Okay. Uh, second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. A couple of other bits and pieces of player news for the Avs here. Uh, that being first, the two-year extension of Jacob McDonald. Uh, I think expectations are pretty straightforward there he'll be a seventh eighth d maybe a guy who plays for the eagles a good bit yeah i i mentioned on uh twitter yesterday that i just i don't think that they would have taken the time to bake in the ahl money that they did but if they weren't planning on him being an eagle assuming everybody's healthy like you're right he's probably the eighth or ninth guy right now um and um and an important honestly like an oddly important ninth guy because after him well i mean he's just he's he's had a he's had a good run with the abs in terms of what you're looking for out of a call up he's someone that if you get a couple injuries in you're comfortable with plugging him in he's been around the team um yeah i i wasn't surprised by that at all and mcdonald seems to like it here and he's been really productive for the Eagles, uh, I I wrote a piece this morning uh, for everybody to go and read, just as like a just a like a news rundown um, from the weekend and stuff. But McDonald for the Eagles 
has 67 points in 89 games since coming over from the Panthers. So he's been re and like he's played both forward and defense. So those numbers are obviously a lot more impressive just for a defenseman. He's played a lot of forward, but that's kind of his value there is that if you do have injuries at both forward and defense, NHL roster, AHL roster, like Jacob McDonald's your guy. You know, at the NHL level, they have Curtis McDermott doing both one contract for two positions, but they've also got a backup guy. Yeah. To do one job or to do for one contract, two positions. So, uh, a, a kind of kind of a kind of an underrated, important guy to keep around. Also, just love the guy. Yeah, Megan, what were you going to say? I know too. Some people are maybe concerned about the priority because we're looking at Manson and we're looking at um, Val still, but it's because of his utility and the uh, Eagles themselves have a lot of UFAs as well. And so they need to nice a roster next year, just starting there. Like I don't expect Dennis Gilbert to return to the Eagles decor. So like Jace, uh, Jacob McDonald, I went to high school with someone named Jason McDonald and I'm prone <laughs> to saying that sometimes, but I mean, shout Jacob. out Jason McDonald called out McDonald, but it it's, in part, just the utility of what he is as a player um, when he does get called up to the Avalanche. If not for that injury in December, I think we would have seen even more of him up with the Avs um, just because of everything that was going on with COVID at that time. So that kind of just set back his season a little bit, but he's been a really effective player at both levels. Um, and the Eagles will be very grateful to have him back if he spends a part of his season there as well. Yeah, the, the order of importance is superseded by guys who you're like, hey, here's a contract. And they're like, okay, I'll take right, it. Right. I'll say that, that is the other thing too, that people forget. Sometimes it's like, you don't think that it was maybe a little bit easier negotiation for Jacob McDonald than it is for Val Nachushkin, who's going to be coveted by 20 other NHL teams wanting to give him big money. Not that people wouldn't want Jacob McDonald, but a little bit easier, a little bit easier there. Yeah. Well, and especially when the Avs are offering him 450k both years in the AHL, right? That'll put him. That'll put him. I don't know if it'll be top 10, but he'll be probably top 20 highest paid players in all of the AHL with that kind of salary. So, for him, for a guy like that, you know, a guy that's not a guaranteed NHL guy, instead of instead of going and wandering, he's just like, hey, give me an AHL raise, and I'll just keep doing my thing. Settle down here, make nine hundred grand, feel pretty good about that for the rest of my life. Yeah, I mean, like he's got to be, he's got to be in like leadership group conversation for the Eagles as well. So, like, I assume, I assume Megna is still going to be the guy, but you know, you want you want a guy like that, especially. That defense is going to be – it's got a chance to be pretty young next year. I'm, I'll be curious to see what they do. Um, I mean, they have know, four guys signed right now, including right. Olmot, Zaravlyov, and Klerman. This is so. what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> it, I want to see what they do. And for, like, do they bring Jordan Gross back? You know, what? what's – how do they fill out this roster here? Because the guys who are all free agents are all their AHL veterans, guys who have been around for a while. So – um you know, anyway, McDonald McDonald's a low key important signing for their depth reasons, and you know, just for the viability, the competitiveness of the Eagles. That's the caliber of player you want wanting to be in your organization. Yeah, for sure. On the on the flip side, at the NHL level, we found out today the Avs are not going to be qualifying Nick Albeckubel, so he's going to be heading to free agency properly. Um, yeah, it will we'll be get, interesting. We'll get that they're... full list in about an hour. Yeah. Right after our show ends, as is tradition. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it, it does leave a couple of questions. It's not exactly clear what the Avs depth forwards are going to look like this next year. Yes, they brought back Cogliano, but with Knack out, with Darren Helm heading towards free agency, with the questions around guys like Nico Sturm, it could be a different look in the bottom six for the Avs quite a bit next year. Well, and right now, I mean, more than the bottom six, man, they don't have a second line. Also uh, true. 
with Val and Zion still. No yeah, Burton, no, no Burkowski, no Kadri, no no Nachushkin. Lekkinen is a, is an RFA. Uh, he will get a qualifying offer uh, by the deadline today. But after that, like they've got uh, they've got eight signed forwards with no qualifying offer coming from Nack and making him a UFA. Uh, Lekkinen getting a qualifying offer. That's nine guys under team control that they'll have. I'm dropping Lucas Sedlak and replacing him with Ben Myers. If anybody is going to look at cap friendly and wonder where I am putting this roster together. Um, that's nine guys that they've got under contract uh, that that we know will be abs. So they need a second line, man. Like it's still, you know, they're working on it. It sounds everything, everything Nachushkin related continues to be positive from everything that I've, uh, that I've been able to, to, to dig up on it. It all sounds like it's moving in the right direction. After that, none of these guys could be back. Yep. It, you never know for sure with UFAs until the paper is inked. You never know for sure because dudes hit free agency and then someone rolls in and offers them something crazy. Stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Also, there's never any tampering. No teams have talked with any of these guys. I'm sure that uh, hasn't happened. You're right. We <laughs> we're not talking about Darcy Kemper in the caps <laughs> <laughs> because teams definitely don't do that. Would never. Uh, but it, it, it is it is an interesting conversation just to see how it shakes out, who ends up where in the Avs forward core. Obviously, we'll get more into that on uh, Wednesday night after free agency is a little bit more settled. But we'll see where things go with the Avs lineup. Um, the other big topic of the day, at least Avalanche-related, officially now... McFarland moving into the GM position of the team, Sackett getting promoted, at least in name, to president of hockey operations. This is something we've kind of talked about, at least AJ and I, for a while now about what was going to happen with with McFarland. A lot of teams have interviewed him over the last couple of years and and ultimately where he would go, where he would end up, and what his role would be. So uh, how important is this to ingrain McFarland into the Avs front office? He already is, man. He's been a huge like Joe Sakic obviously gets the accolades. He's he's the guy at the top and blah blah blah. But Chris McFarland has had a transformative effect on that front office. When he showed up, he was the one that helped build out the analytics department that the Avalanche have, uh, and they aggressively went after uh, some of some of the guys that were doing the their public work was excellent. Obviously. Uh, you know, the people that, that remember uh, Eric and uh, Eric Parnas and, and Dawson Spriggings and the work that they were doing when they were free agents, I guess. Uh, and the abs scooped them up and were like, build out a build an and build an analytics department for us. And they have been, they've, they, they've done a great job. Uh, honestly, they're one of the, they're one of the most advanced analytics departments in, in the NHL. And, you can see the way that they have married their pro scouting with their analytics because how often do they acquire a guy and we're like, wow, this guy is an analytics black hole. What's happening here? It was like Curtis McDermott, right? Like, and, and they have very clearly, that was one where they very clearly valued something else. And they were like, we don't care about this. We want, what this guy is as a person in our locker room. And like, we want like the face punching, you know, of, you know, the brutishness for the regular season and all that. That's great. But they, the way that they've married it, uh, a lot of that, uh, those two departments, because a lot of teams have analytics departments, just don't get listened to. And that's not the case in Colorado. Colorado's done a really good job of uh, incorporating their analytics and how they they approach these things and the way that they the way that their their checks and balances that they have set up part of part of the reason that they're comfortable with a guy like Georgiev is because the analytics guys are going to look at that the 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 goalie guys are going to look at that and they're going to say we can make this work we really like this was it Micah McCurdy that said 
a team should pay me a million dollars a year just so I can say no to them yep. ten times. Yep, and it would be worth it. And yep. think of think of how many bad front offices could have could have spent that million dollars, and it would have been great for them. I mean, everybody's going to look at Edmonton. I I look at Edmonton, I guess, <laughs> uh, and I think he would have he would have done wonders. He would have been worth ten million dollars for them to just say don't do this, not offer any other solutions, just to say no. And uh, so anyway. McFarland's been a huge part of that. He's been a really important voice. He's been a really important counter voice to to Joe at times. And they've got a great working relationship. I think the Avs were comfortable with the idea of letting McFarland go out and interview for a couple of GM jobs that he was unlikely to get. And then when he started to get into the finalist category of some of these, the Avs stopped giving permission. And when the Avs, when the Avs, did not allow him to go and seek uh, GM jobs that were open during this season. That writing is on the wall. The only reason that an organization ever does that is because they're looking at internally promoting that guy. And uh, Chris McFarland's name is on the Stanley Cup. And he absolutely has earned being a general manager in the NHL. Um, I don't I don't want anybody to try and downplay how important he has been to to Colorado's front office, like revival as great as, as great as Joe Sackick has obviously been, he's the guy, you know, pulling the trigger, making the decisions, building a lot of these relationships, all this stuff. Like after every single game, every game that, you know, in the before times, Chris McFarland was in that locker room talking to guys, you know, giving them fist pumps, doing this and that he's a big part of this. And uh, keeping him here has been a low-key, like, really important thing for this for this organization uh, the last couple of years. It was always nervy times when he went out on uh, he went out on the the GM interview trail. Okay, I do want to talk a little bit more about that, but we are brought to you by Foco. DNVR has teamed up with Foco to give you access to the best collectibles and sports gear around for all of your Colorado sports teams, but. Obviously, the Avs championship gear is uh, is the way to go right now. So, Foco will have something for everybody. They have licensed merchandise for men, women, kids, all all sorts. They got bobbleheads. Apparently, they have swimsuits and Crocs also, which I didn't know, but that's kind of crazy. If you want to go get some Avalanche Crocs, you can uh, get on that and uh, buy whatever to your heart's content. So, highly recommend you check it out. Foco's got you covered with all of the best Colorado mer- merchandise. If you go to Foco.com. That's F-O-C-O dot com. There's also a link down in the YouTube description if you want to make it easy. And you can get 10% off when you use code DNVR over there. We're, of course, brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery as well. I have to say, Four Peaks over in Arizona was pretty good. They were pretty good, but they're not quite Breckenridge Brewery. They, they didn't quite live up to the Breck Brew over here. Uh, the way Breck Brew has me hooked in. So you can get dozens of different beers from Breck Brew. You can check them out at your local liquor store. Go to breckbrew.com to see online all of the amazing stuff there. Uh, third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Before we get back into McFarland, Evan has been doing a little GMing of his own, and I want to see what y'all think and what Chance thinks. Is this jersey an abomination? Or is it? Uh, it's a Pearl Jam Nordiques jersey from a concert they did in Quebec, so it makes sense, sort of. But it's customized with the Pearl Jam logo thing going on in the middle, and and here's the part that bugs me. Notice that the sleeves both say number five. On the back, it's number sixteen. Was the I don't have anything on to say. like May sixteenth or something. I I the concert was in twenty sixteen, so that explains the sixteen. I have not had the five explained to me yet, so I don't know. I'm seeing a lot of negativity from the chat. <laughs> Just don't wear it, Evan. <laughs> it's cool to have, man. Just don't wear it, brother. <laughs> Wow. All right. I didn't think it was going to be good, but uh, y'all are uh, y'all are pretty. All right. Spence likes it, so that means it's terrible. Confirmed. 
<laughs> okay. Just had to throw it out there. Concept was five five sixteen. Cool. Okay, there you go. At least it makes the still hate it, but at least it makes sense. Why does the puck have a lightning bolt on it? Yeah, it, it like it almost looks like a Grateful Dead. That's thing. what I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought the puck was. But it's Pearl Jam. Yeah, I'm just gonna let this be. <laughs> I have no thoughts. So there's like a couple of people in here who like it. All right. Uh, anyway, Chris McFarland, how it's never just one guy, right? AJ, you're talking about how it's an entire front yeah. office department, but how, how big is, is his voice in the front office? How much say does he really have? I guess that'll eternally be the question, right? <laughs> Like even with even with Joe kicking upstairs, uh, like Sackick may not be eligible to win GM of the Year award moving forward, but I think people are going to continue to just give him the credit for it, right? Yep. So um, I guess that'll always be the question: How much say does he really have? Uh, he's obviously comfortable with the amount of say that he has. Because if he thought he was being minimized in any kind of meaningful way, he would not be taking this job. So, well, it, and and this was the sort of launch pad that being the AGM. I mean, yeah, remember he was the AGM in in Columbus their entire time. Yep. He was there when they started. He was he was there that whole time, and then when their current front office rolled in, they minimized his role. Gave him permission to look elsewhere, and the Avs were like, "We take everything of Columbus's. Come to us." And it, <laughs> that's really where it started. Once, once he got to to the Avs, the whole Colorado Columbus thing began. No coincidence. But, uh, you know, anyway, the his his role was he's obviously comfortable with the amount of say that he gets uh, from us on the outside. Trying to know that, uh, I think, would be impossible. But it's a meaningful voice. Uh, otherwise, he would have he would not be hanging out here. Well, stuff is going to fall on his head almost immediately, right? And look, I get it. I understand internally the Avs have understood what they're going to do in free agency probably for a while now. Already had that pretty decent idea of what they're looking at. But he gets promoted to GM two days before free agency. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Well, I actually had this thought because so yeah, th this was something that I, I I've been expecting now ever since. I whenever the season ended, you had a feeling this was going to happen to AJ's. Like AJ said, uh, you know they 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 didn't let him go speak to a couple other people, or a couple other teams. That typically means that you're going to take care of him. Chris McFarland was fine with not going to speak to other teams. That means he knew he was going to get taken care of. Um. My only thought was I said, ooh, I wonder if they'll do this before the draft. I thought, honestly, they'd wait till after the draft, after free agency. But um, I have a feeling that Joe Sackick will be pretty involved in a couple days, and, and there will be a lot of group discussions. Um, so I don't know. I maybe even look at it as, hey, if they go out and get a couple good signings done, Chris McFarlane gets to take some credit right off the bat. Okay. Um We'll do more of this tomorrow. We'll talk a lot about the, the free agency landscape and market there. But I am curious, uh, who who's on your, your guys' brains? Obviously, Dylan Strom was a hot topic the other day with uh, Chicago not going to QO him. There's a bunch of names floating around everywhere right now. What's, uh, what's on the forefront of everyone's mind when it comes to free agency? It doesn't even have to be abs related. Oh, Mike's your mic broke. Dylan it's not abs related. It's Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah, that's a that's maybe the biggest name left. Well, that's because that is a that is a landscape changing piece. If he gets to market, yeah, somebody will do something irresponsible for that guy. Um, and then the other guy, uh, as Chad just brought him up, the other guy that really stands out to me is what's happening with Evgeny Malkin, because yeah. that's a guy that you think. No chance does that guy ever get to market. Well, here we are, just a couple of days away, and it's like, what are you 
do with a guy like that? <laughs> yeah. But so those are so little. Yeah. Those are the a... two non-abs guys that I'm I'm curious could, about. Could could uh Malkin be a big one year big money candidate for someone out there? <laughs> for me. Come, come, please. Here. You know, it, it's, I it's guess just... Claude Giroux, too. Well, Claude yeah. Giroux, same conversation. Might have to give, divert some yacht fund money for this one. Give him give him seven or eight million dollars. Let him know. Because, like, Malkin's not someone who needs to, like, bet on himself. Like, he's still of getting Malkin. You can give that dude one big, you know, one year big money, and he'll go get another deal next year immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jesper Bratt is another one. He's RFA, but he's another one that I'm really interested to see what New Jersey does. So he was a name I, that was floating around out there at trade deadline time. Uh, he's an interesting one. I New Jersey, I think, is interesting in general because they've got Jesper Bratt, but they've also got Pavel Zaka that I'm keeping an eye on as one of those. I, I always try and have a list of guys that I'm – intrigued by going into the offseason some under the radar radar guys uh dennis gurianov was on that list just given the way that his season in dallas went and then the season ended and he was like the first guy they signed so it was like <laughs> what the hell man um i i am really curious about Pablo zaka and new jersey's interesting in general right because they're kind of in that place where they need to make the right decisions to take the next step and start being a properly competitive hockey team with what they have on the forward side. Yeah, well, and so the way that they play last, they played last year was really selfish hockey. It's really guys chasing stats, guys, you know, and like you don't draw, you don't have the season Jesper Brat did without being obviously a really, really good hockey player to boot. But there's a lot of okay, how much. How much of this point production is conducive to winning hockey? How much of it is, can we actually, you know, is it just that they needed better defense and better goaltending? Or is it a team-wide attitude of guys who are all stat chasing? Because when I watched them play, I saw really talented, but a really selfish hockey club that does not have a system of accountability in place to try and rein in some of the selfish bullshit that goes on on the ice. And uh, I think that was... A microcosm of that was Mikhail Maltsev getting to Colorado and watching the culture shock that he experienced where the Avs chewed him up and spit him out because his experience in New Jersey was way more laid back than what he what he had in uh, with the Avs. So, uh, but Zaka was one of the few guys that I, when I, when I watched them, I thought this is a really interesting guy that's actually putting in the work 200 feet um i'm still i'm still shocked his shot has not translated better from juniors uh because he he was such a great goal scorer and not not seeing it translate has been a bit of a surprise to me but he's a guy that i like um big andrew cop fan i think that i i think that that's where the abs go in free agency i think that they their first call for their 2c job is probably to andrew cop and then, you know, whatever happens from there. I don't think either Strom would be any good in Colorado. Although I am intrigued by the idea of Dylan in a more middle six forward capacity. Okay. Uh, oh, lot riveting discussion. Lots yeah, of forth. Yeah, we need, I well, need some names from <laughs> Jesse, Megan, no other names. That's it. Holy RV. Oh yeah, gonna That's, be very very interesting. Just, that whole situation just remains fascinating, but and I even can't. Even if unrelated to Colorado, I'm still so curious where oh. he goes and how he's utilized. I just think he has a lot of untapped potential. I I wonder how different, maybe not different at all, but I wonder I wonder how things go if Puliyarvi puts that puck in, that bounces over Darcy Kemper over the net and pops I, out in yeah. front. How how different do things go in that series if he scores that goal and the Avs have to chase that game? Maybe no different. I, I don't think it changes the series or anything, but it was one of those little moments that I remember from the that series where I'm just like, 
if this goes differently, I wonder how much harder it gets. So he's an interesting he's an interesting guy. Evan, uh, with a response tweet to me here saying, this jersey is an abomination, but it was an abomination made almost specifically for me. I will not take Rudo's slander on the pod knowing some of his horrifying food takes. Look, man, if there's a if there was a Godzilla Nordiques jersey out there, I'd be buying that shit. Like, we I all have know. a thing, right? I might have to put some mustard on that jersey at this point. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I think the the mustard on pizza. Yeah, that take was was might have been yeah. might have been the one the one bad food <laughs> take that I could not handle. <laughs> I just couldn't. I just couldn't handle that one. That one was wild for sure. Yeah. Um, lots of lots of work still to do this off season. Also, tomorrow dev camp starts, which some of us will be at. If I'm feeling like I am not sick, I will be there certainly Tuesday and Thursday. Um, some other of us will be there Tuesday and Thursday. Wednesday, we'll see. We're definitely going to be doing a live all day long Wednesday with some of us. Some of us will probably be at dev camp. People might pop in and out. So we'll see. But so either way. I'm going to interrupt you on dev camp because I, I a couple days ago, look, I've, I've felt like crap for the last like nine days, finally feeling better these last couple. I was exhausted by the end of that cup run. I was, I was so worn out from back and forth to the ring, back and forth to the games, back down to morning skate practices and the other, but I was actually telling Hannah on, I think Thursday or Friday watching the draft. I said, I miss being at the rink. I already miss being at the rink. It just became so much of a habit, blah, 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 blah. So I really was. I was like, you know what? Dev camp, we talked about it the other day on the show. They're always a little tough, but I'm excited to be there. I started seeing videos of other teams that started their dev camp today. It's not that I'm dreading it now, but I just, I even, even after we talked about it, I had already kind of forgotten how dev camps go. And I saw a bunch of guys out there with no stick doing the one, one leg pivot. Turn. It's never yeah. fun. Yeah. And it's just like, whoo! Dev camp is never what you build it up to be in your head. But I, it'll, it'll be good to be there. So I used to live like 15 minutes tops from the practice facility. And now I live like 50 minutes from it. And the I'm... idea of waking 50, uh, the idea of waking up at like 6.30 in the morning to sit through morning traffic to get to dev camp, knowing that they're going to roll out of there with no sticks and be doing the, you know, the, the strength and the knees and the, Oh my God. 50 minutes. You yeah. moved somewhere. I, I thought I knew where you moved. I yeah. It's a I long drive, dude. <laughs> Where'd you yeah. move? We can talk about I, this when we're not on the air. I, I will say because I know two landmarks that you live <laughs> near, and the time dis, the time totals you give me for the two of them do not add up. Uh, I will say we've been asking for this for years. Avs, it's free content. Stream your dev camp. Everyone will tune in on YouTube. I'm telling you. It's, People, somebody tweeted at me the other day. I was like, "Why aren't they streaming it?" And I was like, "Well, for one, FSC, yeah, uh, that's true, uh, and two, Avs." I've always kind of assumed like the Avs have a decent connection hidden in the background there, but <laughs> the the public Wi-Fi is not the best. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, we should do. Uh, we should prove that point tomorrow when we're there by trying to do like a Twitter space with all of us sitting there watching these kids. Yeah, because that's gonna be it's gonna be brutal, and I I guarantee you for the it is open to the public. So if anybody wants to sit through this with us, uh, come hang, we'll, come like, say we'll, hi. Yep. We'll be there. We'll be we'll just be sitting in the stands with everybody else. It'll be a good time, like always. But uh, I tell you, the hardest part of getting through it is especially on skate day is the between sessions waiting when you have an hour between another session of an yeah. hour of skating and you're just yeah. like i could just go home you're like you know what dude they aren't doing anything 
Just yeah. put all the draft yeah. picks in one group and There's all the only... invites in the other, and it'll be fine. Only so Chris Romaine is is going to be there, and uh, the goalie won't be there. Yeah, no, I mean, I meant like I know what you mean, but I'm just saying, I just thought that that was. Yeah, I'm I'm counting yeah. that as a dub as I don't have to say anything about goalies this year. No offense somebody, to the invites, but somebody did ask about the NCA kids. NCA kids have been going to dev camp forever. It's rookie they, camp they can't go to. They've always been allowed again the NCAA rules, they can even technically go to rookie camps. They just can't play in games. Mm. Um and they have to pay their own way. Yeah, yeah they have to pay their own way. Yeah. They can't. They can't get put up in any of the team hotels. They can't take yep. the team bus. They can't do any of that stuff. So it doesn't really make sense. It's crazy. Even with the NIL stuff, you could just be like, right, like, sponsorship. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, we're sponsoring this guy to go to rookie camp. I want. Ooh, that's interesting. I wonder if teams will start <laughs> doing stuff to like get around that. That's that's funny. Spon- like sponsored a, by KSE or something. Getting a local business to sponsor your um, rookie camp trip. Just, yeah, K- like, just KSC charities. Bum. Look, I'm just look. All I'm saying is, all this just sets up is for Sean Barons to be our first, to be the Avs' first NIL athlete. There That's you go. all it is. All right. Um, any final thoughts on today? What's happened over the weekend, or or coming up with free agency, Megan? The hockey player that brought crystals with him to Worlds over the summer was not qualified by the Sens, so he is available. He's going to hit the market. Um, something to think about. Who is he? Adam Gaudet. He's a center. He oh. wouldn't actually make sense. I like Adam Gaudet. It it really wouldn't make sense, but just something to think about. What? God, what's gone on with Adam Gaudet? I mean, he was such a big deal coming out of Northeastern, and like he had he had a he had a really good NHL year a couple of years ago, and it was like he got to Chicago, and it was like his career just tanked after that using the wrong crystals he's using the wrong... <laughs> oh no uh, okay aj um this guy wants to know why uh I, this person wants to know why we aren't talking more about what we think the abs will do in free agency part of it is just because uh they have so many of their own guys to resign first that we're trying to let as much of that play out as possible uh, before we get fully into it, but tomorrow we have to just tomorrow we yep. just have to. It's the we're, day before we're, we're blowing it out tomorrow with yeah. all of our free agency thoughts. So, yep. so you guys are gonna be really mad when I suggest PK Subban. Yep, I am gonna be mad about that. <laughs> uh, Jesse, uh, no, I think I'm good. Think okay, I'm good today. All right, we're gonna wrap tomorrow. Yep. We are out of here for the day. We appreciate all of y'all hanging out with us. Again, if you want to come say hello to at least some of us in person, some of us, if not all of us, will be at Dev Camp Tuesday and Thursday. Wednesday, we'll be live all day long on YouTube, so come hang out, watch Free Agency unfold with us. Be sure to check all of that out. Uh, other than that, we love you, and we will catch you on the next one.